Hey, welcome to the C3 Church Victory Podcast. We pray this message will inspire you and activate your faith. Thanks for joining us. Hey, it's so good to be in the house this morning, honouring our volunteers. So good. Can't wait to eat pizza with you afterwards. Um, It's going to be great. But we have been, um, I'm really excited to bring the Word of God this morning. Uh, The last one in our series, Forever Young which is really good. Um, Not that it's the end, but just that I get to finish it. That's really cool. Um, And But the reality is that I think most of us here probably don't really want to grow up. If if we're being honest, I would definitely say it's not something that I'm super excited about maturing. Yeah, I get to mature. That's awesome. Um, I would really love if we could just stay like as we are, because that would be easier, right? It would be way easier. But the truth is we weren't designed to stay where we are. We were designed by the great designer to grow up, to grow up in the faith, to grow up and to change because he loves us too much to leave us the way that we started. I've lost my place already. Okay, don't tap on that side. It will take me wherever I tap. Um, But we're designed to grow, and so we're going to be people who aren't tossed about by the waves and the storms of life that come, and so we are designed to withstand that and to become steadfast disciples, built on the truth of his word and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit as he speaks through his word to us, right? That's who we are designed to be. Let's start this morning by reading our series scripture, which is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 to 14. And it says this, To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Everybody say, become mature. There we go. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of of people in their deceitful scheming. Lord God, you've got a word today for us, Lord, that you want to bring, that you want to change hearts with. Lord God, that you want to encourage with, Lord God, and I just thank you that, Holy Spirit, you are going to move today, that it is not wise words, Lord God, but it is by a move of you, Holy Spirit, that we will be changed. And so, God, I pray that you would just be with each one of us this morning. Show us what you need to show us and take us on the continued journey of becoming your disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. I remember when I was a young adult, it, did, it was once upon a time, actually true, I was a young adult, and uh, I remember, it was actually here at Victory, um, not in this auditorium, but at Victory, I was a young adult, and, um, but back then, it was very much called 18 to 25s. It was cut and dry, like, if you were over 25, you're no longer in a, a young adult, And it was pretty brutal, I felt, because I had lots of friends who were a little bit younger than me. And so when I didn't qualify to be a young adult, they still qualified, my husband included. (sighs) We weren't actually married then, but gee, it hurt. Um, 
And so I found it really challenging when I was not a young adult anymore. And I would, like, when they would pray for the young adults in church and I would have to stay seated, oh, stab me in the heart, twist it around. It was awful and uh, it really upset me at the time because I just wanted to stay a young adult. I didn't want to grow up. I wanted to be there and... uh, But I was a rule follower. And so while I might have felt a little ashamed almost to not be in 18 to 25s anymore, uh, I was a rule follower and so I would not stand up when they were praying for the young adults, even though I really wanted to stand up when they were praying for the young adults. I think I became a young adult leader, actually, just so that I could be in young adults, still 18 to 25s, led by Jono and Naomi at the time. That was so much fun. Um, But... There was no way that I could stay in the 18 to 25s. I couldn't stay a young adult. I had to grow up. And truth be told, it was probably just what I needed. You know, we get this majestic little fun part of life and we want to stay here. It's fun and it's great and we don't want to go to the next stage. But we are designed to grow up and graduate to the next stage of our lives, the next part, whatever is next for us. And the same goes for our faith. We are designed to grow up in the faith. That is how we are designed. We've looked at heaps of different areas of um, measures of maturity, and the area that I really felt the Holy Spirit lead me to talk about this morning is endurance and perseverance. Oh, I hear you all say, oh, I've got to go to the bathroom. I'll be back in half an hour. (laughs) It's not a fun one. Not a fun one, but a necessary one. So stay with me because I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to encourage you this morning. And if you are online, don't switch off. You've got the great opportunity to, but I'm believing that God is going to speak to you powerfully this morning. You know, we have a beautiful home where we bring up our two beautiful girls. Right, Ben? Beautiful girls. Hi, Charlotte. Good to have you here this morning with us. He's just here every week. I don't know why I said that, but you know, it's good to have you anyway. Um, But we've recently done a renovation. And when I say recently, I feel like for the last 16 years, we've been in a renovation stage. There's always something happening in our house. Um, But the last little while, we have been doing a particularly big, uh, big renovation. Ben's really scared about where this is going to go. I did not ask his permission, but I feel like it's okay. Um, (laughs) But I'm not the most handy person. So the way that I get things done around our house is I threaten to do them. And then Ben's like, no, you're not. I'll do it. So this afternoon, Ben, I'm putting those pictures on the wall. It's a really good way to get things done because he knows how bad I'm going to do, a terrible job I'm going to do, whatever it is. But it's a bit unfair, I think, because my whole family is really handy. So my mum and my dad, I actually was talking to my dad about it and and my mum the other day and I said, I think I actually have trauma from it. That's why I don't like doing anything around the house because you guys were always doing a project. Anyway, that's another story, another preach for another day. Um, but I definitely miss the jeans. But when it comes to the things around the house, I'm not good at being patient either without seeing project progress, which is very unhelpful when you are not handy. So I want to see the jobs finished right now. 
I don't want to wait. I just want to have them done. So a couple of weekends ago was really helpful for me because we went and attacked our backyard. And can I just say, I can't grow a plant to save my life. But I can grow unwanted trees, I can grow bushes up the back that I have no idea what they are, weeds, grass, you name it, I can grow that. I'm an expert at that. So it was really, really cool to go up the back and just annihilate all of these things from the backyard that really needed to go. So that was good. But the reason that I loved it was because I could see the progress I could see it go. I could see what we were doing. And the result was done immediately. There was so much satisfaction in that. And we have also been doing a reno inside. And it drives me crazy. Because we've been doing it for now 18 months. Um, And I can just see that there are little things that are not finished. Please, this is not having a go at my beautiful husband, who is very hardworking, and I love him very much. So please, Ben, this is not that, okay? This is about me and my impatience. Let's go there. Um, But I I, want to see them. So when Ben says to me that he's going to work on the house this weekend or whatever day... I get so excited because I have an unrealistic, probably, expectation that everything's going to be done by the end of that day. (laughs) Everything. Um, So when he disappears for hours at a time and comes back and nothing's changed, I'm like, did you go surfing or did you just tell me that, like, did you go fishing? Did you go for coffee? Are you like, what's going on? Uh, But he assures me that behind the scenes, there are lots of things that are happening. Holly is laughing because she knows what my crazy brain is doing. But there's plenty of work happening behind the scenes. And I, what I have learned, although I'm definitely still learning and definitely not as gracious as I should be in this space, is that lots needs to happen behind the scenes for a renovation to be completed. And I'm not always going to see it happen quickly. But the result is worth the endurance and the perseverance in the end. I could just stop there, couldn't I? Done. But when it comes to our spiritual journey, the same thing happens. It's not always a quick mature. In fact, most likely we won't even realize how much we've grown until much later. And it requires patience and endurance and perseverance. Now, when we think about the concept of endurance and patience and perseverance and all of those things, we usually will think about it as being painful and hard, right? And you're not wrong. We really associate it with suffering and trials. And in fact, biblically, it is often associated with suffering and trials as well. So if we read Romans 5.3, it says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Woohoo! Yes, glory in our sufferings. James 1.2-3 says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Well, yay for you. Pure joy in trials. Testing of faith sounds amazing. Can't wait, you say. Yes. But here is the thing. Suffering and trials are actually a part of everyday life. We will face them. They will happen. And I can tell you one thing, that I would prefer to go through them with Jesus than to to go through them without Jesus. 
That is for sure. Because if we come back and we look at those scriptures in their entirety, which is always a good thing to do, Romans 5 verses 3 to 5 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We have the Holy Spirit for a start to walk through the trials and the sufferings. What a gift. And without perseverance, we won't know the greatness of hope because without trials and sufferings, we probably don't even feel like we need it. We don't appreciate the hope without the suffering and the perseverance. Trials and suffering remind us that we are in a spiritual battle and we need, absolutely need, the hope of God. If we read James 1, 2 to 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Yep, we got that bit. Because we know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Great. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. Without trials that require perseverance, we're not going to attain maturity. We're not going to attain that space of being complete and not lacking anything that God actually designed us to attain. Uh, One of the commentaries that I read in the last couple of weeks says, trials encourage a continuing dependence upon God and maturation toward the greater worship of God in the activities appropriate to faith in Him. So this basically means when we face trials, it causes us to rely on God and therefore worship Him regardless of the circumstances that might arise in our world, which in turn cause us to grow in our maturity. Sometimes we go through trials and suffering and in the midst, it's really hard to see much good, right? We've all been there. But at the end of those times, mostly we can look back and say, oh, God, I can see where you were in that. I can see the good that has come out of that. I can see, Lord God, how I pushed into you. Or sometimes we can look back and go, oh, wow, God, I really wish I pushed into you more. And that's okay because we get through and we can grow as a result. God accomplishes a lot of things that maybe we don't realize he's doing in those times. I want to read to you another scripture, 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7. And it says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though for now a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. So he's speaking at this point to the exiles, the people who have been scattered around the, around the place and they're not in the promised land and they're in a place of, of suffering and trials. And he's speaking to those, those, it's a funny word called diaspora. I learned that once. I wanted to use it in a message and now I have. You can learn that one too. Uh, These have come, so these trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, which is worth more than gold, which even though it is even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed, because Jesus is revealed through these trials and these sufferings with our faithfulness to him. There is a bigger picture that we do not always know when we're walking through the trials and the sufferings. It doesn't make it any less hard sometimes. 
But we need to have that in our mind, that we will be testifying to the goodness of God no matter what. I remember a time, and I have spoken about this before, but I remember a time when Ben and I had a, a hugely tough season. Um, this was some years ago, and Ben was really sick, and we had Charlotte. She was two and a half. And Ben had lost his mum a year earlier. We had started our own business, um, which has its own challenges. I was working part-time and had all the normal things happening around the place, like we had bills and mortgage and house stuff and all of those things. Um, in the midst of that, I also had a miscarriage and Ben eventually had to stop working because he was just too sick. And so I had to get a couple of extra jobs to continue to pay the bills and it felt like we were living on the edge of a cliff with not very much to hold on to. And for the best part of a year, we were living in a state of huge intensity. And there are some people here this morning, there are some people who are online who feel like you have been walking through a constant state of intensity for some time and you're not sure that there is an end in sight. Well, it was not until I looked back on that season after we had walked through it that I could see what God had done. And I could see the growth that both Ben and I and our family had had in that space. There were beautiful pockets in the middle where we felt carried and many of you in this church were part of, those, uh, of that journey for us and carrying us through, but also being carried by God himself through so many of the things that were happening. Um, when we were on the other side, I can see that there was not one moment that we ever doubted what God was doing and that he would come through. I remember um, Ben's dad said to me after it had all happened that the doctor had come to him and said, look, I don't actually know that Ben's going to make it through. Uh, you have to prepare yourself that this could be the end. Now, thankfully, Ben's dad never told me that. Because there was not one moment that I doubted that Ben wouldn't come through, that he wouldn't be healthy, that he wouldn't be whole. And look, he's here today, healthy and whole, a great testament of God's goodness, right? But our faith, we, oh, we definitely grew. It was an exponential growth, in fact. We never had to worry about a mortgage or there being food on the table or anything like that. But our faith was tested and our character was stretched, but we stayed in that place of faith. And as a result of the perseverance and the character building, we remained full of hope in Christ. And I can honestly say to you today that had we not faced that season, we would not have matured in our faith like we did. Because trial and suffering brings opportunity for us to fully trust God. And when we're walking in community, this community other communities that we walk in, it also gives community an opportunity to gather around and walk the journey with us. I'm reminded of the story in Exodus 17 where Moses was lifting his arms in prayer for the battle that the Israelites were having with the Amalekites. And it says, as long as Moses held up his hands, Israel prevailed. But when he lowered them, Amalek prevailed. When Moses' hands grew heavy, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Then Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on each side, so that his hands remained steady until the sun went down. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek with his army and his army with the sword. The battle succeeded when Moses' arms were raised in prayer, but he grew tired. We grow tired. 
He required Aaron and her to help him stay the course and endure the battle. And when we are in community, we have people around us who will do that, who will help us to, to stay the course, to win the battle, because we, they will hold up our hands when we are feeling weary and tired and unable to do it by ourselves. And I think that there is a measure of maturity in allowing other people to come into our world and to walk with us and know that we do not have to do it alone but we invite others to do the journey with us. So in the midst of trials, we see that we gain maturity and growth through perseverance and endurance, where we remain childlike in our approach to Jesus, in that we embrace the mystery of faith and we trust our Father completely at his word, no matter what is happening around us. And so we do, in this regard, remain forever young. But we don't become childish in the way that we approach the challenging seasons. And that can look different no matter, you know, for different people. Maybe probably for me it's whinging and complaining about why is God even putting me through this? He probably doesn't love me. I, prob- I don't say that anymore, but I probably did once upon a time. He doesn't really love me. I'm going through this. That's not really fair. But. We get to be honest with God if we really feel like that, like Pastor Nate said last week. You know, we get to be honest in our approach to God. We go near to him. We don't draw away from him during those times. You know, it's a tough but necessary part of being a disciple, I'm sorry to say. There are these seasons of life prepare us to be steadfast and stable through all of the seasons that we go through for everything and to be a testimony to other people who are around us and to be able to help them through things that maybe we have been through that they are now going through. We get to uh, do it for others as well as ourselves and we're not tossed around by the waves of life and what the enemy might throw at us. But I want to challenge us today, because yes, we do think about these things in trials and suffering, and maybe right now you're not going through a time of trial and suffering, Um, but there is just as much perseverance and endurance required to live a life of faithfulness day to day, whether we're suffering or not. But it's easy to just let faith go. It's easy to just get distracted by the world and get about things and just, you know, we don't really need God. We've, things are going along fine. I'm good. I've got everything I need. I've got a good job. It's, it's going well. The kids are doing okay. I've, I don't really need God. So we let it just slip away from us. And we don't necessarily let it die, but it becomes less prominent in our world. And sometimes life can feel like a series of mundane events or normal events and you just go through the day-to-day, every day, doing the same thing over and over. Get up, go to work, feed, or feed the kids. I do have to feed the kids in there as well. Uh, go to work, maybe it's get up, go for a, a jog, do your exercise, get ready for school, get ready for uni, get ready for work, do all those things, go about your day, do all of those things, come back, Sit down, have some dinner, go to bed, maybe watch some TV and repeat again the next day. Have some sleep. Sleep's important. Repeat, do the things the next day. And so we just lose sight of what we're doing and why we're doing it because we're just going about life. And we may start even to look for an escape. We don't press in or we allow things to toss us around because we've let ourselves stop. Stop praying, talking to God. 
Stop reading the word. Stop having God conversations with people around us. Stop seeking first his kingdom. We stop believing for breakthrough because we have everything we need. Why do we need God? When I was um, about 21, I had told everyone that I was a Christian. I was, you know, walking as as a Christian. We'll get to that. I went to church and I said and I did the right things to the right people. But in reality, I was living a life that actually just added God to it. Nothing changed in my world except I added God. I was still doing all of the things. Um, I still partied hard. I still worked hard at uni. And then I started my career. Uh, I went to church even if I was hungover to worship lead. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great example. But then I came here to victory when I was 23. And when I walked in the door, I realized that God was actually who he said he was and that I was actually who God said I was. And, you know, it's been a journey to learn all about that and I'm still learning that. But I realized that if I actually said yes to God, it meant that my life would change. I wanted to live a life of faithfulness. And that what I said needed to be how I represented God, not just what I said. And I knew I needed to make this real. And it was the beginning of a life of faithfulness and service to Jesus. And I'm not, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. I still make mistakes. And that's okay because we are all at different stages of the journey. And God is not asking us to be perfect, right? But there is a scripture in a little bit further down in 1 Peter 1. Verse 13 to 16, and it says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you. When Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. We're no longer ignorant. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. And that might sound really big. But recently I just did this devotion, a new version devotion, and it just reminded me that we are just a work in progress. Every day we are a work in progress. And, you know, we're not going to attain perfection, but we will attain transformation with the day-by-day steps of transformation and faithfulness that we outwork. Sometimes the process is painful through trials and sufferings, absolutely. But sometimes it's in the mundane. Sometimes it's in the everyday steps of faithfulness and obedience, walking with Him where He brings the most transformation. And that is the endurance journey of life. And they shape who we are. As Christians, people who believe in Jesus and all He has done for us, it is our responsibility to remain faithful and it's an, it is an act of perseverance and endurance sometimes. I'm not going to lie. A choice we make to remain steadfast and strong, and it's not always easy. It requires us not compromising when we want to compromise. It requires us saying no to some things that we really want to say yes to. It requires us running the race of endurance towards the end goal, a life that honours Jesus. And living a life of faithfulness is pretty beautiful. It's a pretty beautiful testimony to the people all around us. 
And I look around this auditorium and I see faces who, live in, who are living this out. A life of faithfulness, a life of endurance and perseverance no matter what. And there's people online who are doing the same thing. And whether you're just starting out or maybe you've known Jesus for a really long time, that testimony of faithfulness is a beautiful reflection of the glory of God. Diana, I just saw you before. And there is a beauty about your walk with Jesus. There is a beauty about you, a testimony of the goodness of God that just comes out of you. And it's shone like a light to lots of people around you. And you need to know that He sees you and that He loves you and that He honours you in that place of faithfulness and obedience, even when the times are really tough. He honours you in that. And there will be blessing. There will be blessing that comes from a life of legacy that you are living. Absolutely. And Diana is not the only one in this place. There are so many of you that God will honour the beautiful legacy of what you are living in Him. Thanks for making time to hear this message today. We encourage you to connect with us by heading to c3victory.org.au.